0: Hey, hi, uh, I am Richard Donner, but you can call me Dick, and you're listening to Superman Movie Minute? Is that right? Did I do it right?
1: Welcome to another thrill-packed episode of Superman Three Movie Minute, the show that scrutinizes, analyzes, and you'll believe a man can is 1983 Superman Three, five minutes at a time. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Franklin, and joining me on this journey through time and space is Rob Kelly. Rob, we are at the
0: Wheat King. <laughs> How exciting! <laughs> wasn't he Wasn't he a Flash villain, Wheat King? Am I Am I thinking of somebody else? I think so, yeah. You know, I, I think we forgot to bring up in,
1: in the episode we just did with Henry that that uh, the, Wheat King thra- the Wheat King was the brand of Thrasher. That I bit. thought that
0: was a nice touch.
1: I yeah, everything, Websco, it just shows that, you know, Gus said that you you pretty much own everything, so why do you need something more, you know? There you go. Uh, he really does. Ross, the boss, owns everything. So yep. uh, we begin these five minutes with Gus posing as a salesman, doing his uh, uh, Richard Pryor white man voice, as you pointed out. Uh, trying to get good old Brad Wilson to let him in to the Wheat King offices. And then we end with Gus causing all sorts of computer havoc. So, you know, you're in for a good time. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, So Gus finally gets Brad to open the door by convincing him he's here to set up his boss's liquor cabinet, which he is carrying in a large suitcase display, which pops open and then Brad pops the door
0: open. But uh, so what do you think of this large suitcase full of liquor, Rob? First of all, I love uh, Richard Pryor's Colonel Sanders tie. Uh, I just yeah. enjoy that. That's just a fun little detail that he just doesn't have a regular tie. It's kind of like a, you know, hoary sort of salesman suit with the Searsucker suit. But yeah, I like this prop, the, uh, the, the, the suitcase that opens up with the thousand bottles of liquor. And I mean, boy, we, we see, we've seen through virtually every scene featuring Gavin O'Hurley as Brett. He looks like he's permanently pickled. Like yeah. He just always looks drunk. And I don't know whether that's Gavin O'Hurley. He is able to kind of like make his eyelids look heavy, heavy lidded or something, but he just always looks like he's drunk. And it's a funny gag, but at the same time, I almost feel kind of bad for him. Cause you're like, clearly the man's got a problem. Uh, <laughs> and, and now it's really going to be made worse by, by Gus uh, with these, all these liquor samples. Like it's, you know, you're it's like, you're, you're really not doing the guy any favor at all. No. No, not at all.
1: <laughs> and, 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 now I don't, I don't drink, but is it common for office managers to have liquor cabinets on site at work like this? I
0: mean, uh, of this extent, uh, you know, this extensive of a liquor cabinet, or if this was the Mad Men era, yes, I think by <laughs> 1983 uh, it was probably kind of frowned upon, and certainly not nowadays. For God's sakes, if you've had a uh, open liquor bottle in your office, you would be sent home for the day. So uh, yeah, I think this probably we're still in kind of transforming the workplace to where this would be even remotely acceptable to do. but but yeah, it seems like a bit of a stretch that the the boss would have this kind of extensive. I mean, although you know what, if he's the kind of boss who is has to schmooze, like if he's a salesman and he's constantly having to sell people, uh, although you went well, yeah, you don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe if he's entertaining a lot, yeah. yeah. I guess it's potentially. I mean, there's a big. That's how Psycho opens. Is uh, the uh, when when you find out that the the bank has taken in this big uh, hunk of money from this rich guy, and yeah. uh, they're talking about what well, we're going to celebrate by tying one on in the boss's office, and you're like, really, you could do that back then? Uh, so you know, maybe it's not that unrealistic. Yeah, that's right.
1: That's right. I forgot about that.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, maybe it's not. Yeah. So, uh,
1: you know, but, uh, you know, like you said, Brad's got a drinking problem. So he lets, he lets Gus in. Uh, and then we get that God awful music again, which we have oh, yeah, heard the when,
0: music, yeah.
1: when Gus got off the bus, the Smallville. I don't know what that's supposed. That is like, you know, we, we joked about that. The, uh, the, uh, the uh, East Houston uh, town in, in Superman two was Richard Lester's view of uh, a small country town. This is his view of country music apparently. And it's I guess one. so. Yeah. Uh, so it's just uh, the pan- the camera pans across the office and onto the liquor case. And we see bottles like booths, London dry gin and tequila sunrise, which is one of my favorite Eagle songs. Uh, <laughs> and uh, that's for you, David A. Scudieris. and uh, <laughs> Gus uh, corrects we're, Brad we're about are just poking the... the bear at this point. I am here. Late. Last couple episodes, I'm just poking people. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's making things interesting, though. Gus corrects Brad about what he's drinking. it's the uh, Singapore
0: Sling, Sling, <laughs> not Wing. He says. Um, uh, this so... drinking scene reminds me a lot of the drinking scene in Plain Strains and Automobiles, where oh, they're yeah. getting drunk in the hotel and it's just this pan over and they're just drinking all the samples and you hear yeah. like the clinking of bottles. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah,
1: yeah. So then we see Gus and Brad, and Gus has a big foam cowboy hat on. Uh, Yeah, and like you said, they're both snookered. So what about that hat, Rob? What do you think?
0: I was wondering, where the hell did he get that from? Also, I noticed that by that point, Gus has dropped the uh, white guy voice. He's just talking like Richard Pryor at that point. But I mean, Brad's too drunk to notice, but I just think it was funny that he – He didn't even bother to keep it up. Like, as soon as he gets in the room, he just talks like Richard Pryor.
1: Yeah, like a drunk Richard Pryor, but yeah. Drunk Richard Richard Pryor,
0: right. Yeah. (laughs) But he's not doing the guy, the white guy voice anymore.
1: No, no. And and this scene reads like, it's a lost scene from Richard Pryor's short-lived variety series in a way I think you know, it's, I mean, think I you know I mean Brad's complaining about the vodka in it and you know there's no vodka in it and, and you know and, and he says yeah that's the problem there's no vodka in it so I you know Richard Pryor is like really shooting for the bleachers here he's like he, like Foster Brooks is like dude calm down you're <laughs> going too far with the drunk bit could you could
0: know. you Degenerate it in a little, Richard, you know, something. Like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I used to love Foster Brooks. <laughs> it's, it's completely not acceptable humor now. It's just totally not PC in any way. And I don't mean that as like a pejorative. Like that, that, that comedian just would not work today. But, but as a kid, I did find Foster Brooks very funny. I did too.
1: I think he's like from my area too. I think he's from, from around Lexington. Him and Ernest, you know, him and Jim Barney. <laughs> There's so much to be proud of, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, so Gus put some vodka in it and asked Brad if he ever passes out to which Brad flips the chair over and does indeed pass out, but not before he answers. Never. Uh, which <laughs> I wonder if they loop. That's obviously loop because you can't see. Gavin O'Hara, Lee again. So I don't know if that was like they decided. Oh, let's have him loop it in, and say never, or you know, not. I don't know, but it's right, right, right. Yeah, he's supposed to be passed out, but he answers. This this scene reminds me of the one in the Star Trek episode uh, by any other name, where Scotty drinks that alien under the table, but then passes <laughs> out before he gets out of the out of his room. So. <laughs> uh i, I didn't notice a sign in the back says it's fun to work for Week king and yeah it sure <laughs> seems to be right <laughs> hey,
0: brad brad obviously isn't working real hard you know i mean he's a night watchman and he's just drinking all night for god's sakes right right
1: yeah uh gus gus says to no one listening that he's not drunk uh and but uh you could have fooled us uh he grabs the keys off brad and heads to the computer room uh, and, I, and, Rob, you'll be happy to know I see there's a sign pointing to the cafeteria. Yes, so,
0: yes. Um, I would have checked that out, definitely.
1: Yeah, if only we had a scene in the Wheat King cafeteria. I, Ross, the boss, he provides cafeterias for his workers. Loved
0: it. So, would have loved it.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's, he, you know, maybe he's not such a bad guy after all.
0: You know, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if there's the three-hour TV cut, there's a scene in the cafeteria or something. Yeah. Speaking of food, I am curious about something, and this was completely accidental when I was going through these five minutes and doing, you know, jotting notes down. And I, you know, I I mentioned earlier that uh, Gus Gorman has this Colonel Sanders tie on. uh, And then he opens this closet, and it says, no admittance. And of course, the gag is, you know, he's seeing a sign that says, no admittance. So he's thinking, oh, that must be the computer room. And he opens it up, and it's just a broom closet with a bunch of crap in it. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of the gag. But on the inside door is a bag hanging on the inside of the back door saying Kentucky fried chicken. Yeah. And I'm like, what, why is that there? Why is there a bag saying Kentucky fried chicken? Like what, why would like, what, huh? Like, what is is that the bag that they gave you your food? in? we, my parents and I didn't eat very much of Kentucky fried chicken when I, when I was a kid. So I'm not really that familiar with the, the inner workings of the restaurant, but what a weird little prop to see inside the thing, unless it's a product placement, is that is it like a Marlboro thing? Yeah, I think it. You know, again, you know,
1: KFC was big in Superman Two, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I guess it was, but it's really odd because you think they could have just shown that Brad had eaten KFC, right? Well, maybe,
0: yeah, and had yeah. a bucket
1: of chicken out, you know, and and Lana you know. could
0: have brought it to the picnic.
1: Yeah, she could have brought it to the picket, picnic. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's you know obviously a, a thing you do with the KFC. So yeah. yeah, it's it is really strange, and it's like one of those heavy duty plastic bags. Like it's yeah, almost it like, like a, like...
0: a trick or treat bag. Yes, you know? yeah. It doesn't look like, like a paper sack that you would get fast food in. Floor, I was like, what? Why? I, I went back and watched that scene like three times because I was like, what is that thing there? And I'm like, it must just be a really ham handed uh, product placement.
1: And we see it again later, which is like it's like wow, they're 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 really like honing in on this. But it's like again, why didn't maybe KFC didn't want? Oh, we don't want the drunk eating Kentucky Fried Chicken. But maybe. like like you said, Lana and Clark could have been eating Superman yeah. could have been eating Kentucky Fried Chicken.
0: You know, hey, the Superman movie's is a very curious product placement because you've got Wheaties, which is you know very Americana, and then Marlboro cigarettes, <laughs> yeah, Coca-Cola. and Kentucky Fried Chicken, Coca Cola. It's like not a lot of great stuff for kids out there. Maybe they should. You know, something a little more wholesome and better for you outside of the week.
1: Well, we do have more product placement in a way because there are posters. When he gets into the computer room, he finally finds a computer room. There are posters on the wall that say NBA on CBS and golf on CBS. Yeah, so there you go. And it's oddly enough, these movies will premiere on network TV on ABC. So Hmm. (laughs) as as Henry pointed out last time.
0: Had (laughs) I known when I saw this movie at 12 years old that that would be my future employer, I never would have guessed (laughs) <laughs> it's true i thought of you when <laughs> that came up so <laughs> <laughs> we also do see a bag of fritos on the table when gus finally gets to the computer by the way this computer setup this is the most basic looking computer setup for what it controls imaginable this thing looks like it has about 8k of ram and somehow <laughs> it's like the brain of a global network that he's able to tap into with this thing i'm like wow
1: And why does, why does the Wheat King even have, it's got like two keys, like it's going to make a nuclear strike. I mean, what, (laughs) what, what, why does it have two, what is it, why does it even have this security? I don't, I don't understand. So it's not, I don't think this is the main office of Wheat King. No, it can't possibly be. It's like a regional sales office or something. You know, (laughs) there there's tractors outside when he walks up, like they're, they're selling the tractors there, you know, or Mm -hmm. or maybe they're models, uh, you know, that. It's maybe it's I don't I don't know but it's it's I feel like you can go in there and like buy a tractor you know <laughs> so it's it, and there's probably like you know administration offices there or something but it's 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 really weird I mean you know and he's got he you know he puts in both keys but he, then he reads nothing happens and he reads the huge sign above the monitor telling him he has to put the two keys in at the same time because of course he does because we have Richard Pryor and we have to stretch out this comedy bit so.
0: Yeah, uh, and God, it was easier to fire the Death Star than it is to do what he's going to do here. I mean, it's right. really extensive security. I think they fired the missiles at towards Hackensack uh, with one button. I think you know, I think like, this requires two. Yeah, it's pretty. Where's cool.
1: Cliff Clavin? Where's Cliff Clavin? Yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, this this really is an excuse for Richard Pryor just to be silly, which is weird because Richard Pryor was not a physical comedian. Like that's yeah. not what you hire him for. This is not. I know this is early, but this isn't like Jim Carrey. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, so it's 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 a curious thing to do this bit of physical comedy when Richard Pryor was not known for physical comedy. That's not his uh, stock in trade. So it just seems like a I don't want to say like a leftover because I know this script was written specifically for Richard Pryor, but it just feels like it was it, like it was a scene that they sort of jerry rigged him in without really playing off of his skills as
1: a comedian. Yeah, and it's, you know, the I guess the movie he made before this was probably The Toy, and that was a lot of physical comedy in that one, too. A lot of physical,
0: I I watched that movie a lot when I was a kid. It was on cable (laughs) all the time, and of course, directed by our friend, Richard Dunn.
1: Yes, it was. And that's another <laughs> talking about Foster Brooks, not aging Will. Oh boy.
0: Oh boy. <laughs> Nobody's going to be doing the toy minute, I think, anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: Gus tries, you know, like using his foot somehow with his shoes on. Maybe if he took the shoes off and used the stones, I don't know. He could have grabbed it and done it. I don't know. But, uh, and then Gus says, you think you won, don't you? And then he exclaims, the Philly Flash, which is probably as close to a DC crossover as you'll get in these films. So.
0: <laughs> would it have killed them to mention Gotham City in one of these movies? Would it, I, know, I know that just really wasn't on their, their minds back then. It just really wasn't. But would it have killed them? Think about all the, the millions of references in these movies. You could have just shoved in Gotham at one and just made a bunch of nerds happy.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I I know people – I know I lost my mind in Batman Forever when
0: Val Kilmer says he must be halfway to Metropolis. Oh, I levitated out of my seat. I was so happy. And then,
1: then, then, of course, George Clooney in the next movie says, this is why Superman works alone. You know, so I mean – Which they had
0: not done that one, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I I don't know
1: why they never – you know, it's just – you know, not to get – not to derail from what this – you know, the masterpiece of a scene we're talking about right here, but (laughs) – but uh, Warner Brothers at any time could have had a cinematic universe and didn't.
0: Yep. You know, it's yep. just I mean, God. they had a live action uh, Shazam at their fingertips. They could have gotten Jackson Boswick to show up, play man. Linda Carter, play Shazam. I mean, I mean. yeah, know. Linda Carter, had Cameron, Joanna Cameron. Yeah, whole whole thing. you could have done.
1: Yeah, I mean, geez,
0: Yeah, I guess Gus is from Philadelphia because he's the Philly Flash. I guess. I guess I yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a non sequitur, really. I will say, for a drunk guy, uh, this scheme of dragging Brad and rigging his hand up and doing the whole thing is actually pretty clever. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I'd been able to piece it together. I mean, I'm not uh, handy in any way, so I probably would. I just don't have like the brain to kind of piece this together. But it works pretty well, and it, you know, it's it's pretty foolproof. I, it's impressive of Gus that he. Figured that out relatively easily. They're like, okay, pull the hand, and that's going to create the tent. And then, but ring the, but 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 run the line in a way that when you pull it, it's going to make his hand go forward, not back, and insert the key card. Like I watched it again, I was like, this is this is not not a bad piece of business. Of course, I'm not sure Brad's hand would keep a grip on the
1: key but other than that uh, yeah no, it, probably not. It, it works really well and of course he's using the yo-yo that we saw him use earlier mm-hmm. he's going into ross the boss's office and we'll see him use it later in the movie it actually keys into the finale that yo-yo does so keeping on that yo-yo uh, More product placement <laughs> yeah yeah it's a Duncan. Uh, <laughs> so yeah I, I, we see a smallville sweater similar to clark's yep. in this scene uh you know is it possibly Brad's? Maybe it's someone else, but I, you know, I don't know. But uh, uh, like you said, he uh, he pulls the string and both keys go in. So then Gus has access to the computer. He starts punching keys and uh, we switch elsewhere to computer banks firing up. The reels roll, you know, the old reel-to-reel type, the lights bleep. And then we go to an ATM machine somewhere in a downtown area as a man puts in his card and gets his cash, and then more cash, and then more cash, and now he is very happy, this man, he kisses his cash. This is a familiar face, Rob. Do you know who this man is?
0: Yes, this is actor Peter Whitman. Now, that's a name that probably doesn't ring a bell with anybody, but you do know him. He played Deputy Dwayne in Superman 2, the guy who ends up ordering the fish. <laughs> that's, that's him. Uh, he has other credits, like The Little Shop of Horrors, The Spy Who Loved Me, one of the best James Bond movies ever, Ragtime, a movie that I'm mentioning virtually every episode of Superman Movie Minute. Yep. Uh, he passed away in 1995, unfortunately. That's very oh. funny. Uh, but yeah, here he, he doesn't get a line. Uh, but nevertheless, here he is. Yeah, I was. I did not recognize him. I was pleasantly surprised when I did the research and saw that it's Peter Whitman. So, so that's great. That's great that they got him back for, for this little scene.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, and now with all this money, he can go to a restaurant with an even wider selection. So (laughs) That's that's, great. That's that's a good thing, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Our segment ends with Gus somehow doing further damage from a tiny computer at a local office, uh, and we'll have to wait to see what the results
0: of that are. So, Mm. do you you got anything else on this one, Rob? Uh, I did think about uh, that when they did that that pan shot of the computer banks – whirring into action after, after, uh, he, uh, Gus puts in the key cards. That, um, I'm looking at that, that entire room full of computers and that entire room full of machines probably has less processing power than my phone does. Yeah. Which is just, I mean, I know they say that like the, the amount of space that a microchip can hold has is like doubles every year. I forget what the, the metric is there. But I mean, it's, it's just amazing to think that like this little thing that's sitting on my desk here, that's the size of, you know, like a barely bigger than a playing card, it has got more processing ability than, than those 400 tons worth of computers. It's just, it's just unreal. Um, the thing with the um, ATM machine is kind of a funny gag. They don't overdo it, which I appreciate. Like it's he, Peter Whitman doesn't do like, Oh, you know, or anything like that. Yeah. Like it's just a guy. And I have to wonder like as a thought experiment, like what would, what would you do, Chris? If this happened to you, if this machine, it's after hours, the bank is closed uh, and the money and the machine just starts spitting money out. I mean, on the one hand, you're like, well, I shouldn't take it. It's not mine. And then, you know, on a more practical level, you're being recorded. So even if you did take it, you would, you know, it's not like you could do it anonymously. But at the same time, like, would you allow Okay, I well, I don't have that much money in my accounts generally. So, like, <laughs> if, if that much money was coming out of an ATM machine, I'd be like, well, this isn't my money that, that that's being spit out. So if I left it there and somebody else took it, which they would, it's not coming out of my account. But at the same time, it would feel weird to let the money pile up and just let a bunch of random people take it. So I don't know. What would you do? Would you take it all and, like, bring it back the next day maybe and just be like, hey, this, I didn't do all this. Here it is. I don't know. I think I would call the police. Um All right. it, yeah, that's that
1: I I have I have found it over the years several times wallets, money and I've I've turned them in. Now whether they ever got back to the well I know one time they got back when I was a kid. It got back to the guy. Uh but it was actually at the pharmacy where I bought my comic books. He said pharmacy we've talked about before. <laughs> uh so I found a guy's uh, wallet out in the parking lot and turned it in and the guy like, you know, he wanted to meet me and thank me, he shook my hand and gave me like twenty bucks or something. Nice. So that was cool. Yeah, and yeah. I was a kid, so I'm like, woo, you know. Uh but, yeah, that's a fortune. Yeah, back then that was a hell of a lot of money, you know. Uh and um nowadays so you could t- buy
0: two comics with
1: that. Yeah, yeah, god, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh towing the line at seven ninety nine or whatever, yeah. Uh but, but uh um yeah, I i you know, I've turned it in, you know, the money in when I found it different times, whether now it's some unscrupulous person working at the store or whatever, just take it maybe, but at least I know I didn't take it. Sure, you know? sure. So, uh, yeah, I, I would be afraid to take it home with me and come back. Cause then they're like, Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. You it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I, I think, you know, I mean, not, you know, not to get, you know, political nowadays, but you know, I know the relationship with the police isn't quite what it used to be, but I, I would call the police, um, in, uh, uh in, in in any this instance and say hey you know uh this atm's like i'd probably stay there till they got there too
0: you know that's, uh, this, that's probably the best thing to do is just be like look this isn't my issue i'm just letting you know this is happening and then yeah
1: you, you guys can get a hold of the guy that the bank president or whoever and get this thing shut off and yeah uh you know whoever runs the bank and Take care of this. Yeah, that that is a good question, though. Uh, mm-hmm. When we get to some of the other things the computer uh, does uh, later on in the movie, I don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: But, but we'll save that for later. Yeah. What? What would you do? What would you do? Uh, uh, yeah, I think that's probably the best. That's probably the best thing to do. Just get it. Especially again with like a cell phone, you can call the police so much easier now than you used to be able. You have to like go and find. In the, in the setting of this movie, he, if he, he, if this guy wanted to do it, if Deputy Dwayne wanted to do that, he'd have to go and find a payphone yep. and dial nine one one or whatever. And that's and true. then of course the money at that point is flying out of the the machine. So yeah, it, but it, it is kind of like one of those classic setups of like, Oh, that's your dream. You know, that, uh, that, uh, that all the you know, money's going to come flying out and it's, it's not yours. So it's all good or something like that. But, but
1: now, yeah. I will say that I, you know, over the years, different times, I have gotten something out of a vending machine and two things drop. <laughs> uh, and I did, not take, that
0: bars. I did not
1: take that back. I was like, Ooh, no, this is, yeah. you know, it's like 50 cents. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll take the extra candy bar, the extra pop. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, if it, you know, started (laughs) shooting, shooting out Snickers bars, you know, I might take one, but then I'd probably report the other ones. (laughs) You're, you're a good, you're a good citizen, Chris. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and speaking of the phones. Yeah. I always, I feel like, you know, the, the cell phone things that just another thing Jack Kirby was right about. We've all got a mother box in our pocket. So pretty much (laughs) I really knew what he was talking about. He did. Yep. Uh, So I think we're finished with these five minutes, so be sure to check out the other fine shows on our network at FireWaterPodcast.com. There's several that Rob does. He just keeps doing more and more, including Citizen Kane Minute, uh, which is launched, so check that out. Uh, I also host a few. We'd love to read your comments on Superman 3 over at firewaterpodcast.com and, and you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you're so inclined. Special thanks to Alex Robinson and Pete the Retailer for starting this whole movie by minutes phenomenon, and you can uh, check that website out and uh, see all the different shows on there, including Sis and Kane Minute uh, that's there now. Uh, extra special thanks to all our Patreons of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. If you would like to support the network financially, go to patreon.com slash fwpodcast. There you can find many ways you can help keep the network going, including support levels. that get you a special shout out on the show of your choice, like Superman's pal, Henry Bernstein. And he's now my pal because we're going to go play superpowers together, uh, <laughs> who supports Superman 3 Movie Minute. Uh, so join our never ending battle here next time on Superman Movie Minute as we continue our coverage. Of Superman Three
0: Giorgio, per favore, e grazie.